Hey, you're listening to Lutheranism 101 Worship. I'm Adam. And I'm Matt. Thanks for joining us today. We are in... <laughs> A preemptive thank you for joining us. As, yeah. we, uh, as we hit chapter three, yes. understanding the call to worship. Yeah, so this is starting to get into the why our service is structured uh, the way it's structured. And so to remind everyone, divine service, the idea of worship and what we're calling divine service is focusing on God's gifts to us and then our response to these good gifts in uh, prayer, praise, and thanksgiving. Right. It begins with understanding uh, that who God is defines how we worship him. Mm-hmm. And that's the beginning part. And then, and what we'll cover today is, I just want to say it as much as we can, God always initiates and gives his gifts mm-hmm. in space and time. Yeah. Physically. Yeah. He gives his gifts to us around word and sacrament and our worship, our response, that's his worship, his service to us. And our response is to praise, give thanks and pray to him. Yeah. Uh, so, as we look through the kind of just structure and idea of our worship service, it all begins with the call to worship God. And the call comes from God himself. It doesn't occur to us naturally to go to worship the creator. Uh, in our broken state, it usually occurs to us naturally to worship some sort of created thing. But here we are being called by the Spirit to uh, enter into God's presence to receive what He has for us. And so that's why when we start, when we begin our service, we explicitly state why we're there and whose name we're in there uh, gathering around. And so we start with the, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Right, and that name is given to us Mm -hmm. by our God. And, And so... There's different ways to work this out at the beginning of a service, Mm -hmm. but we've been starting at the baptismal, where it's the official uh, act of God washing, cleansing, forgiving, and naming us, and so that we are now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In fact, you were baptized in the name. You're baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, which is kind of amazing. So we remember right from the beginning... It's like children, we've been gifted a name, Mm -hmm. and that name has a lot of uh, benefits, and it also needs to be constantly remembered. This is who you are, this is who represents you, and who you represent now, and so we enter into this name. Yeah, and so we make it explicit, and as explicit as possible at the beginning, uh, because we want to make sure everyone there is on the same page. And we know we're on the same page when we say... Amen. Amen. We confess. Truly, this is true. Mm-hmm. Amen. And that already initiates and begins receiving the gift of God's name into his fellowship, receiving this by his work given to us, our response. Amen. Yeah. And, and again, I know some of this feels like, well, that should be basic. People should know that. Or why do we have to say it all the time? But I want to say just from personal experience, we have had people straight up ask us not to mention Jesus in our worship service. 
so no, much. Like, you know, tone it down. But if we're not gathering around the name of Jesus and the name he's given us, which is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then what are we doing? And the whole point of what we're doing is gathering in the, the actual presence mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. Jesus is in the room. Mm-hmm. And so you can't ask me to, hey, tone it down. Don't talk about him so much. No, if Jesus is in the room, this is what we're doing. Right. And if he's not here, then what are we doing? Then what are we doing? Then everybody just go your own way. Find yeah. your own high place. Yeah. I mean, then there's no point in actually gathering. So that's why we very now explicitly say we are gathered today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, and then in part of that, starting at the baptismal where we receive that name, it's also we're being cleansed. And and if you think about well, the whole... Cleansed and prepared, prepared to come into the presence, presence of God of the universe, right. ushered in and brought in by Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. To, to then have a meal with him. So yeah. if you think about it too, it's like this is all leading up to a family meal. It makes sense that you start off by washing. And it makes sense if you were having a meal, when I ring the doorbell, you see, oh, I, you know who I am. Mm-hmm. You know the name, and I'm coming into your name to celebrate with you. So we know each other, yeah. but then there's a preparation. That's part of the preparation, right? which leads us to the next. Well, so we, we cleanse ourselves. So after we say the name and we're looking at the baptismal, we engage that through a, a confession and absolution. And that order is very important. Mm-hmm. We come not as already clean, just oh, let's go. We are engaging in the process of being cleansed mm-hmm. all the time. And how does that happen? Uh, through confessing our sins right. and through- then receiving the forgiveness of God, like real forgiveness being offered. Right. So the confession is what our, it, that's what we're giving to God. Like you're giving the confession that you're a sinner. Yeah, I'm dirty. And then what pleases God most, this is why God has made it clear through his scriptures, he loves repentance and faith. Mm-hmm. So we repent. It's not a shock to him that we're, uh, we're sinning. He knows. And he finds the most joy in giving his gift of forgiveness through a voice to build the faith that Jesus is actually here speaking to you. Mm-hmm. Your sins are forgiven. For the sake, God Almighty, for the sake of his son, is, he's given his son to die for you, and you are forgiven. Yeah. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now we're cleansed, we're prepared, we're invited in, and we make our way in. Now we make our entrance. And you actually, now, you'll see us, uh, one of us, will actually walk and enter into the sanctuary as we walk down the aisle and uh, read the psalm as we're gathering under the words of God. And then we uh, we started doing... Uh, Curie. Well, and the whole idea, yes, the whole idea is that we're using the words. God's even given us the words mm-hmm. to praise him and be, he's given us everything. He's always giving. And so he gives us the words in the Psalms. Then we come in recognizing that Jesus came to serve. Yes. He's always serving. And so uh, there's several stories in the life of Jesus where he doesn't receive the rich man. He's not receiving all of our great gifts going, oh, wow, you guys are allowed to come in. You have backstage passes. No, 
It's the opposite. It's the blind beggar. It's Bartimaeus. And that's where we get the Kyrie uh, Eleison, which is just Greek for Lord, have mercy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is, uh, if you're not familiar with this story, uh, as Jesus is walking toward Jerusalem, towards his crucifixion and resurrection, uh, he's going through Jericho, and on the road to Jericho, there's a blind beggar named Bartimaeus who shouts out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. And, of course, classic, the disciples and everyone else is telling him to shut up. Why are you doing that? And he shouts even louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. And we are placing ourselves in that position as we enter in, recognizing we have nothing to offer you, God. We have, you do not need anything we have. We need everything that you have. So we're coming in as blind beggars saying, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. And what does Jesus do? He mercifully heals him and, and yeah. leads him into community. Right. Helpless beggars are always helped by Jesus. So we enter in, help us, and this is this sets the, the whole stage. This sets the whole scene for what's happening in our divine service. Yes. So then we get to the next section, which is the service of the word, where we read the scriptures and there's a sermon and this is where we're starting to get very explicit in what we're doing and in our actions that Christ is present with us, that it's his words that we are hearing. Right. So the whole, our whole worship that's been handed down and preserved and conserved for 2000 years is around the word and sacrament. Mm-hmm. So we're prepared. We walk in and the word of God is preached. The preacher is speaking the words of Jesus, who is present. You can't see him. You see him by faith, right. through faith, by grace through faith. But it's Christ has called and set apart a holy space and now a person to speak his holy word. So as you hear it, you you need to uh, take seriously the fact that he's already forgiven you, you're a blind beggar, and now he's speaking to you. And not get caught up within the mundane a physical reality that it's just me or Matt or some guy who you know for a fact is not that great. <laughs> that Christ overcomes yes. all that and this is the faith. This is the beauty of it, that Christ would use fallen, broken people by forgiving them their sins and equipping them with his word, the words of life. Mm-hmm. And the word made flesh and dwelt among us still dwells among us. Yes. Yeah, and I, as we're talking about this, the image of the Cranach painting that he painted for Luther comes to mind where Luther's in the pulpit and there's a space between the pulpit and the congregants and in between the space is Christ on the cross. And then you look at the congregants and they're all just kind of bored and disinterested faces because they can't see Jesus. But I love that because it's capturing the, complex reality of our sinner saint natures and what God is doing for us, even though we often miss it. Right. And that, I actually uh, have that picture that I'm I'm trying to frame because (laughs) it's on the altar. It's a picture on the altar in in Wittenberg at St. Mary's church where Luther preached thousands of sermons. Um, 
it's been put there and I love it because it reminds me that as I'm speaking, I can't get so caught up and neither should the people listening that it's Adam. Yes. And I shouldn't highlight that it's me. It's that I'm speaking as a herald on behalf of Christ. Like this is the word of God and it is life changing and life giving and eternal. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you've been cleansed and invited to come under and receive it. And your response to it is not, wow, great story preacher. Or, oh, yeah, that was a fun one. No, that was a boring one. Your response to it is, thanks be to God. Yes. I mean, we read the word of God so that you might hear it because this is how God works on the earth. This is how he created the earth. Yeah, through his he word. He spoke mm-hmm. and it happened. So his word to us has performative power. Yeah, and the whole thing, too, is structured around God's gifts and his gifts are to... Give us faith and strengthen that faith. Right. Because our faith is weak and tenuous and left untended, it it withers. And Jesus knows that the faith that he's given, the faith that he's, he's strengthening through his word, he's feeding through his Lord's Supper, is the faith that conquers the world. Mm-hmm. It's clearly said over and over again and... No better place than in uh, in Revelation to each one of the churches, like conquer yes. through faith. John in First John writes again, "This is the faith. This is what overcomes the world. Mm-hmm. We are more than co- we are conquerors by and through faith. Faith that is watered and nurtured and fed through the gifts of God. And I should say, faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, coming to us. Yes, doing everything." necessary to defeat death forever and ever beginning now in you and will be forever so thanks be to god thanks be to god praise be to christ these are our responses Mm -hmm. to the reading of the word and at the end of the preaching of the word amen amen yeah and so at this point we've received all of these gifts of god and then we finally get to our response because I know for a lot of us, it's like, well, what do I do? What, what am I supposed to do? And so then after the service of the word, it's like, well, here, here's what you're supposed to do. Uh, you respond in faith and you say, after just hearing the words of God, now you respond in faith and say the words of God back to him, which is in the, in the creed, which yeah. is what, what do I believe now? I've heard God's good word. Now what do I believe? And now we respond in faith uh, the, the words of the creed, which is, this is who my God is. This is who I believe. So I think this might be important to add. Yeah. Faith is the highest worship because it receives the forgiveness of sins. So that's where we've been, right? And God wants us to believe and receive from him the blessings. And then... What you've just got into is the difference between sacrifice and sacrament. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. So this is a good distinction. Right. So the sacrament is a ceremony or work in which God presents to us what the promise of the ceremony offers, that the promise of what we're doing in the Lord's Supper, what we're doing in preaching, it offers. It's, so it's the work of God. A sacrament is the work we give to God in order to provide him honor. And this got mixed up in the Middle Ages and everything became about what we were doing. And even in our world today, we think worship is what we're giving to God. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that because it's all located in yourself. And you are uh, not God. No. And he's not glorified because you're offering all these works to him. 
what he wants is like a loving father is to hear, you know, dad, dad. Mm-hmm. He gives us the words and we are his children. And when we say dad, dad, he rejoices. Hey, did you hear? My baby just said dad, dad. It was mm-hmm. the first word. And so we respond then. Our sacrifice is to respond with praise, thanksgiving, and prayers, and we use the words he's given us. Because again, it's feeding faith. It's leading us to real life. To real life, and it's a... Faith is not so much about our commitment to God. <laughs> it's our response to his ridiculous it's, commitment to us. It's Yes, it's our response and recognizing how much we depend on him. And so it becomes more about... It. Do we believe that God is here now, right. even though we don't see it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. Do we believe his gifts of forgiveness, salvation, and life are really being offered to me right here and now, in this time and place? Yes. And so our response is to stand with all of the church before us, declaring, uh, confessing together the creeds that are yeah. rooted in the scripture, taken from the scripture, defining and like the Apostles' Creed, Father, Son, Holy the Spirit, Spirit, the Nicene yeah. Creed. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, more technical and even a little more beautiful about the true nature of Christ. Yeah. Uh, the Athanasius Creed, which we do once a year, mm-hmm. which is really long, but even more defining of the work that God has given to us. Yes. Then we offer up our prayers because we recognize, Lord, you have given us so many good gifts. We are, we are in, still in need of more. Right. We need more, Lord. So we need you. We are dependent upon you. So here's all our prayers for our needs and help. Right. And, and you know, different traditions, you have different ways of doing that. We, we incorporate the prayers that have been written out of the church because they include prayers for the government and for the whole right. world, things that we'd often forget. But then we get into our world, right? The sickness, the kids who want good grades and people who... The, the adults who won't say it, but they want good grades at work. Mm-hmm. And God hears the great and all the small, and we get to bring our prayers to God. And so this is part of our response, and that uh, is that we, you have everything, and you've given everything to us. And so even the idea of like, oh, a tithe, mm-hmm. 10%, that's ridiculous. Well, not when you're receiving all the gifts of eternal life Yes, at great cost, the cost of everything. Jesus withheld nothing. Yes. So you're like, oh, what? Yes, I want this work to continue mm-hmm. in me, around me, and in the world forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And then we even uh, announce the words of God to one another as we pass the peace. Right. So we started doing this where we say, the peace of the Lord be with you always and also with you. Uh, and it's just a way for us to recognize we could not be here if the peace of God was not with us. And so we announce that to one another. And it's equipping us to speak these words because it's hard enough to get everyone to a place where Jesus Christ is speaking to you. Yes. Jesus Christ is bringing you to the throne with his sacrificial meal. But then think about when you leave, like the spoke of of this, the, the effects of receiving God's gifts are that you go out in your vocation and you go out in your world and you are an announcer that Christ is in you, the hope of glory. And so uh, that's even harder to believe than Jesus is speaking and with us right now. <laughs> and so we, like, even the response is to you are a carrier of the good news now. And so the hardest place to announce good news, I know this is contrary to what we think, 
is to the people you know the best. Right. <laughs> like yeah. I can be I have a better shot of being loving and kind and speaking the gospel to people I don't know because I don't have to. It's like a cat. I can feed that cat once and walk away. Right. It's really hard saying it to your wife mm-hmm. who is messed with your emotions this morning mm-hmm. or your kids or the people in your church who, who've offended you. And it's like, oh, the church has hurt me. Right. Speak the gospel to them. This mm-hmm. is what Christ does. And this is what Christ does in you. And now practice it. And this pleases God, the word, his words in your mouth to one another. So then we have our, this is our short little time of our response. But then God's like, cool. Well, I still have more to give you. Yeah. I've cleansed you and now I've clothed you with my word and my righteousness. I've now received your prayers, praise and thanksgiving. I've but, heard them and I'm pleased. But now I still have even more. I have more for you. And now we get into the service of the sacrament where we eat with our God. Yeah, this. Where we are actually fed the body and blood of Christ, the, the first fruits of the new creation, the one who has actually risen, who death no longer applies to. We feast on that. We, we are feasting on the new creation, the future of our world in the bread and wine that is the body and blood of Christ. Right. And unfortunately, it's hard for our culture to think that anything's happening there. Mm-hmm. And that's the point. This is why, this is exactly why Jesus sets up the meat. He sets up baptism and the Lord's Supper, the announcement of forgiveness of sin. He sets these up because we need to not only hear and receive, but we need to Act it out because it's a reality. Yeah. And then um, we get to the last section, which is the sending, which we receive the blessing of our God. Well, I wanted to say one more thing about the Lord's Supper because yeah, it's too yeah, great. Yeah. It, Christ, so the little bread and the little wine, it's the word of God. And this is what Luther always distincts. It's the word of God to these simple elements that make them um, effectual, that make mm-hmm. them real and work. So it's like when God says, let there be light, there's light. When God says, this is my body. When Christ says, this is my body, take and eat. This is my blood for the forgiveness of sins. It is what he says it is because he is the creative God whose word performs what it says. It's not just ideas. It's not just, oh, just uh, remember this and it can encourage you. It's accomplishing what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And so as you eat and partake of this, you are receiving the sacrificial lamb. The blood who's been splattered on the altar for you is now bringing you into fellowship with the God of the universe, sharing the meal of his son. Mm-hmm. And this is the assurance and this is what nourishes and grows your faith because it. what's cool is that's happening now. This is a little little taste of a future banquet, a future feast that we're going to have at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Yeah. So this is what's happening. So yes, our response is to treat it respectfully, to recognize we're being brought into the throne of God, to not talk, to not be checking your phone, to not be thinking about anything else in the presence of God, but to be uh, humble and receiving these gifts and overwhelmed with... Uh, with the, what that means and the reality that you are a forgiven uh, saint, 
or a forgiven child of God who has promised Mm -hmm. eternal life. Yeah. Which then, so having been called by the Spirit, cleansed by the Son, and fed by the Father, we then are blessed. We have the benediction announced over us, and then we're sent out, uh, depart in peace and serve the Lord, to go out into the world as his agents of new creation, to love our neighbors from the love that God has given us. Right. And so then it kind of, everything is centered around God's gifts and the divine service. And then you depart in peace and you serve the Lord. How do you serve the Lord? By receiving his gifts every day. This is what devotions, reading the Bible, praying, these are your responses to his gifts. So interact with his gifts throughout the week. Respond with prayer, thanksgiving, sharing the gospel. These are things that work. And and even into when you go to your job, it's not just, oh, this is how I provide for myself. It's actually you're provided for by this God. He gives everything to you. And now you bring love and life into your vocations. This is an opportunity for you to serve and love people in the world because the new creation has begun in -hmm. you. It begins and is given through the word and sacrament. Christ is taking places on the earth now, beginning new creation. And you go out and you herald that in your works and your deeds. You're heralding that everything has been taken care of. So everything you do matters. It's not meaningless. Yeah. It's not dependent upon the success we see or the money we make. It's all dependent on the work, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension into glory of Jesus Christ. Like, it is done. The work is finished, and now you carry this in every way you live. So don't be deceived. But this is what the worship can equip us for and yeah. lead us into. Yeah. So understanding the call to worship and, uh, and engaging it, it's, it, it, can, it should produce, as we learn these things, it's not just a boring service or why do we do the same things? But you, you do the same things in life. You brush your teeth every day. Mm-hmm. Why? No, because it's good. Because you don't want to have rotten teeth. <laughs> right. And so we do this every Sunday so we don't have a rotten faith. Right. Because faith is what conquers. Mm-hmm. And Christ is serious about about uniting us in not just soul, soul and body in the new creation, in the new heavens and new earth, in the presence of God where he is our God and we are his people. And we forever drink from the living fountain of life. Amen. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.